This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that song, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Hope everybody's having a great week, especially all you Star Wars cats out there who are celebrating May the 4th. Be with you, of course. And I uh, hope everybody's having a great time. I hope you guys, all of you, got a chance to see Endgame for the second week. It may be the first time, maybe the third time or the fifth time, but I'm glad you guys all got a chance to see it. But we're not only going to stop here with in-game talk, we're going to continue off by finally talking about which was the best of them all. So this episode, we're going to finally get together to clear up what I think is the top 10 of all of the 22 movies from the Infinity Saga. Not only that, we're going to get a chance to hear from our ACMG group well not even not exactly hear from but get their results of what they thought was the best as I put out a poll talking about what was the very best of the bunch put down all 22 movies in there and see how it goes so you might be surprised you might not be you might not need a crystal ball to project the obvious on some of those uh, suggestions but we're going to compare and contrast minds to theirs and see what it comes up but that's our talk topic of today but it's not too much news going on this week um everything's starting to slow down a bit you know, rainy day here in Philadelphia, all good, but we're here to talk our favorite fandom, so let's get out of the way. Uh, we got a bit of news to talk about in relation to May the 4th, as well as some sad news as well, uh, and some other news I want to uh, talk about in, in continuation of the Sonic thing, so let's not waste any time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of of ACMG. All 
right, so let's start off with some sad news. And leading off to the week, that is May the 4th. And we always celebrate that day for Star Wars as May the 4th be with you. We got the sad news that Chewbacca actor Peter Mayhew actually has passed away at the age of 74. According to his Twitter account, Peter died in the evening of April 30th, 2019, with his fa- uh, family by his side in his North Texas home. Mayhew has battled many health issues which led to his limitations in mobility if you guys have seen him on tmz sometimes he was uh on a wheelchair he was still able to talk and he was coherent to that point but he was just battling really bad health issues he's a very tall guy too and um you know it's just it's he's a beloved you know actor he's to our knowledge to my knowledge that's all everybody known him for honestly in his case that was enough because the character he played, Chewbacca, is such a pivotal, iconic character in the Star Wars universe. So well beloved by everybody. It's not one person who does not like Chewbacca. I, I, I challenge somebody who says they don't like Chewbacca. It's just ridiculous. It's like the one love character of all time. So, and he played him throughout all the years. But with that said, due to uh, his health, he was prohibited from actually reprising the role in the recent movies as the iconic Wookiee. Uh, but that doesn't mean he was out of the loop. Uh, for those who don't know, he actually was a consultant for the role of the recent films, which was now played by Jonas Sotamo, if I'm saying that right. So a memorial service for his friends and family will be set and held in June with a fan memorial expected to be set in December for Empire Con in LA, which is the major Star Wars con out there. So uh, my hats to him. Rest in peace. Uh, thoughts and prayers to the uh, friends and families and the fans and the fans who loved him out for years. He's he's done out for years. He has a hell of a legacy. He will always be remembered for that role and just, you know, being a part of society. And I can tell you this. I, I say this all the time. I mean, 74, it's a uh, it's 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 getting to that point. I always think like once you hit like the 80s and stuff like that, you know, that's the ages like if if a person passes away, that's the age that is that you should celebrate because at that point in time, you should have the opportunity to do a hell of a lot with your life. You learn a lot in life, you were able to you know, you know, experience life to the best of your ways. And to his credit, he's done things that he had an opportunity that many others are trying to have today or may not have been able to have today. And he's been celebrated throughout all his life and still will be celebrated through his time. So I consider this due to the situation, a celebratory type of situation. He will send him off on a good note. Um, you know, he battled health problems, but he leaves a legacy. Therefore, he lives for very longer. He lives longer as an immortal. And that to me is what immortality is all about. Not living forever as a human in space, but being able to outlive your legacy, outlive you. Great example, Stanley, you know, having your legacy outlive you, you will live a lot longer. Martin Luther King, you know, Malcolm X. Uh, John F. Kennedy. I mean, these these names, you know, all these guys left legacies that has changed the world in such a way or changed the hearts of people in a certain way. Peter Mayhew, his his portrayal as Chewbacca and the hearts of many will do the same. So uh, rest in peace to him 
and and and, and thoughts and prayers to his families indeed. So let's go into some other news. Uh, Hulu, Hulu put in an order for Marvel for more Marvel series. If, as we know, um, they were you know thinking about doing many different Marvel series coming up soon. They already had the Runaways, which is extremely successful on Hulu, and it's a very good, sh- a tremendous good show. If you haven't seen the first two seasons, man, go out of your way to check it out. They're awesome. I still don't know if they're from the makers and the people who brought you Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it has that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feel, which, by the way, I need to start uh, actually binging on the previous season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because this is the month that is all coming back. So I don't know when it, I think it's coming this week or something or the end of the month or something. I don't know. I got to uh, go back in my notes and that. But marvel's runaways is a great series in hulu and because of the success of that they're actually ordering other shows so the newest one is in fact and i'm so happy for this because i knew down the line that this was going to happen ghost rider ghost rider is getting his own series and this not just any ghost rider the ghost rider if you guys have been watching ages of shield this is the same ghost rider that we saw on there played by uh gabriel luna who played the robbie reyes version of ghost rider one of the by far the best season of ages of shields ever because just just by his appearance alone it was such a great deal and Ghost Rider is a major character in the Marvel Universe. So for them to actually have that character in there and to be a part of the quote-unquote MCU, I still debate whether they're still making that a part of it or not, but it is what it is. And now also Hellstrom will be a part of this as well. Now, I don't know in particular after from what I've read, and I believe I got this from comicbook.com maybe, um, whether Ghost Rider and Hellstrom will have a show together or they're going to be two separate shows now hellstrom in the marvel comic universe is the son of satan so i never really read up too much on hellstrom as much as i did with ghost rider but and i didn't read uh ghost rider to that to to that length to know exactly all of his rogue gallery lore but seems that they're going to be having a show rather together or separate i'm not sure but we'll see but it's still great news for hulu you know even though disney plus is out there now we still got for those who have hulu we still got some love for marvel there so i'm very happy to see that in addition to that of course there's already exclusives coming in the marvel universe um including hit uh hit monkey i don't know exactly what that is yet tigra and dazzler Howard the Duck, which is an animated adult series that'll be coming out. And of course, in addition to Marvel's Runaways. So you add in all this too, it's giving people a reason to want to get Hulu. And that's a great thing. And I honestly, I really think that that's a good thing for Disney and a good thing for Marvel to do. Uh, Don't leave everybody out the loop because you're not going to have everything that everybody wants. And granted, I believe Hulu is owned by Disney now too. So that actually helps it out as well so kudos to them on that but yeah i feel bad because netflix is kind of i don't know where netflix is gonna lie in all this when everything comes about because they still have the rights to play like infinity wars and all these other uh marvel movies right now and i'm not sure where they're going with that once like disney plus come out are they gonna snatch all of the marvel cinematic films away i don't know we don't know there's no there's no clarification of what they're going to do yet but we'll see but at least it's great to know that hulu is going to have 
a home with Marvel content on there. So that's great. Absolutely great. Um, the last bit of news I really had, it's not really news because we talked about this on the Select Start podcast, and that is the Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, uh, conundrum and controversy, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And there's people now because, you know, like we said, the director is now doing a redesign of the character. And I this was what I was I find really funny because I really thought that it was the entire design as well. I'm hoping it's the entire design. I didn't realize that people were just focusing on the teeth, which when I when I figured it out and started reading up on on people's, you know, disdain. And I saw the teeth. I'm like, yeah, that does look kind of creepy when you think about it. I don't think Pikachu has teeth. I don't even think they show his teeth on uh, in Detective Pikachu in that movie. Because every time I see, now that I saw the teeth on Sonic, I looked at the uh, the trailers for Detective Pikachu. I don't think they really show it. And that's actually like it doesn't have to be entirely too real. This version of Sonic the Hedgehog that they designed for this movie, it looks more like a Michael Bay design theory in thought. Like, they kind of got it, but they kind of went too far with it. I think they take it back. And I saw some some uh, fan concepts of what Sonic should look like. I honestly don't mind if it looks really kind of cartoony, in a sense. Like, it's not supposed to be that real anyway. So, why not make it look really similar to the game design that was originally played his legs to me is too long and this is i'm i'm gonna say how i would like to see it and i'm just one person and you know far be it for me to get what i what i get done but i'm just one person i'm gonna give my perspective on this so i'm looking at the picture right now he i mean there's parts of him that really does look like him i don't like the fact that he has these really long legs that really it, it feels like it's focusing on the recent sonic boom version that they did this is like an older version of sonic so I, I never did really too much like the new sonic i like the original sonic where his legs were shorter um i wish they would change the eyes just a bit and kind of give it that you know old school sonic the hedgehog where it does seem like like his whole it, it was like one eye with two pupils because <laughs> it's all connected um also I mean, everything else looks okay, but except for the fur. I don't like the fact that he is too furry. I, I would have preferred at least some type of a buzz type of, you know, short hair, like an actual short hair puppy type of deal. I feel like his, his hair is just way too long and stringy, but that's just me nitpicking for the most part. Um, there are parts of it that kind of looks like Sonic. There are parts of it that doesn't, but... It's here nor there. They're going to change it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with it. But they said they got a lot of time before November comes in. And we'll see. I Just the first impressions didn't appeal to me. I know it didn't appeal to a lot of people as well. I, I was watching TMZ live, and they they actually covered this. I was really surprised that it got to that point that it reached TMZ live, um, which comes on in the daytime uh, for most people. There's two versions. If, if you don't know, TMZ live comes on in the day, and they... Uh, have a pre-recorded show where they cover what they're going to talk about later on the night. So it's like, I believe they have the meeting first, which you see at nighttime, and they record that. But then they do the aftermath. It, it's a really weird thing how they record uh, how they record the show, but um, it's pretty cool. I like the format, but they actually cover the situation, the controversy of it, and 
uh, Harvey Levin, who's the guy, you know, one of the founders and creators of the show. And then Van Lathan, who's like really famous for the Kanye uh, debate that he had with him. And they were talking about like how Twitter took over the movie. I can see where they get with that. And they were saying basically how Twitter basically bitched him on so much that it turned they, they made the, it forced the director to make the changes that was requested and i get it sometimes in in some cases this is a case-by-case basis when it comes to social media and it's not just twitter they kept aim, blaming twitter for it because that's what they saw but people all over social media was crapping over this whole thing um instagram and uh both ig and uh and Facebook were actually crapping over this as well. I mean, first impressions, like a majority of fans, majority of fans that were crapping on it are most likely those who actually love the franchise and the character. So it didn't give them that impression that this is what we wanted to see. And I mentioned this before, when they bring a fantasy element into reality in the way that they did by bringing them into the real world, it takes away the suspense of disbelief that the fans had originally have for the game like i said i have a great example is smurfs one and two i said this before and smurfs one and two the first two smurf movies the one with neil patrick harris in there the first two smurf movies were bombs and that and, and they were catering to a whole new brand of fans who may not have known about the franchise of the and the brand of the smurfs you can't have the smurfs without the smurf village you can't i mean it's one thing to have gargamel and all that stuff but to have them come out into the world like i don't understand who the directors and the writers who write these movies based on our beloved favorite cartoons and bring them to life and then they want to bring them into the real world that never works it didn't work for he-man it didn't work for super mario brothers why did it work why did why did it think that it was going to work for this and this they're doing it again this always bombs when you bring stuff into the real world i don't expect this to win the only reason why i said pokemon uh detective pikachu was going to win because it was already based on a sort of kind of fictitious real world type of setting where humans and pokemon interact so as long as they don't make that new york (laughs) or la or philly or whatever that's fine if they make that pilot town where they're at or some type of town that we're familiar with because they gotta understand not only are the characters iconic but the places that they're at are iconic so people are not only just fans of sonic the hedgehog they're also fans of the whatever zone that he's in in the game they want to see that every bit of the game aspect that they play that they want to see come to life that's why we love marvel comics so much and i said this all before that's why we love marvel because even though they changed it a little bit it was loosely based on the events of the comics they still gave us enough fanfare to make us be like this does feel like the comic come to life this does feel like them and that and this and the places that they're at we recognize these places from the comic book that's a big nod to the fans this felt like there was no big wink wink nod to the fans here this felt like self-indulgement indulging of the director you know like just doing his version of what he wants to see not what the fans want to see and that's why there was such a big debacle and 
kerfluffle, if you want to say it, with Michael Bay in the Transformers. We he got away with that in the first movie, but after the second, and the third, and the fourth, it just it, it just went too far. And it was like we well, don't have to take this. And then when Bumblebee came out, I was like, exactly. Bumblebee's first ten minutes of that movie gave so much more than what Michael Bay has ever done throughout the entire his entire run with that series. The first five to ten minutes of that movie it felt like the transformers that we loved and then there was another cutscene, a cybertron cutscene as well it's like that's what we wanted a long time ago the it looked like it it felt like it it sounded like it i mean everything that's what we wanted that's and the person behind it it was an absolute fan that's what we want to see so this right here it, it whether this person is if he's a fan i think he's more of a fan of himself that he is of the franchise and he is of the fans because we clearly got what we got here. So, uh, honestly, I don't know what they're going to do as far as the redesign. I uh, Hopefully they get it together, but even still, it goes beyond the actual character design. I think the premise of it is going to be kind of iffy too. I don't, the fact, again, the fact that there he's in the real world. And I know they did Sonic X and Sonic X at some point was a story based on Sonic coming in the real world. Eh... <laughs> just uh so we will see from there but believe it or not ladies and gentlemen that's all i have for what's new in the world of acmg today like i said it's been a short day nothing really you know i mean people are still on the cuffs of you know in game people are still going to see in game this week so that's all that has been talked about this week in the world of news so it's nothing else really i'm not going to talk about salaries because it's like do we really need to know about salaries and whatnot it's like that's I, I've I've had um, conversation with that stuff before. It's like that's not our business, so I don't care. As, as long as they get paid properly to do what they've done for us, and I believe they have, then I'm all for it. I am absolutely all for it. But that's a not to no basis unless you're going to apply for a job similar to that. So uh, I'm leaving that alone. But let's just take a break. Come back, and we're going to talk about the top. 10 Marvel Studios movies in the Infinity Saga. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Fight! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is our Top 10 Marvel Studios movies in the Infinity Saga. We finally get a chance to do this. I've been waiting to do this for so long, and we finally made it. I am happy to be alive right now to say that I have 
live to watch these great amount of movies that we got to see within the course of 11 years. And we got to see 22 of some of the best action-packed, dramatic, comedic, entertaining movies of all time. This will never be duplicated probably in the next, in, in years. I wouldn't say ever. There's a possibility that somebody will be able to do the same, but you won't be able to see that something like this happen for years to come. And it's, and it's, do you, I, I don't think people really understand how hard it was for these guys to be able to do this for 10, or I'm sorry, 11 years and maintain the momentum that they had with each movie and everything that they had. And they, they had some somewhat fails in, in the side in side missions that they have. And I'm saying like, like Iron Fist or uh, Inhumans or whatnot, but it didn't take away from the movie aspect. Even this, even the least favorite movie was still a good movie in comparison. It didn't hurt. I remember when the first phase came, the first phase came and it was like, if this bombs, especially after we figured out and we discovered that they were actually going to attempt to do the Avengers uh, film, which at the time, everybody was like, no way, no way in hell they'll be able to pull this off. And they did. So we. this is the part when people started watching closely as to what they were doing. Everybody at the time, if you guys remember back then, we were like, if one of these films bomb, this whole thing is going to be for naught. This will be, it'll be a total failure if one of these movies bomb. None of those movies bomb. And this is one of those situations where like people, there's always going to be some dork <laughs> some some really annoying sexless dork <laughs> that'll come along and start making and start you know fronting like this never worked like one of these movies bombed this was a disaster no none of these movies were a disaster because if it ever was we would not have made it this far and i hate when people praise a praise something and when it comes out and then years later they want to crap on it you know, as if it wasn't, as if they never agreed with it. Total, total BS. Total BS. If any of these movies would have bombed, especially during the first phase, this whole thing would not have been as successful. And not only was it successful, but then we found out they were going deeper into the well and they were doing the Infinity Gauntlet, which I thought was the biggest risky thing I've ever seen ever happen in Hollywood. And they did it. As you can see right now, they did it successful. We may never see anything like this ever again, at least not in our lifetime. <laughs> so not in years on end. So, you know, for me, people of my generation, I am happy to be able to live through this. If tomorrow was my day, I would have no problem. Well, I wouldn't have any problem anyway, because I managed to I was I'm very blessed to have been able to do a lot of things in my life and, and pertaining to my favorite fandoms. But this was the epitome <laughs> for me. It was like. I got to see some of the greatest stories being told on film thanks to like two people, three if you want to count it, you know, that 80 years ago put this together and this was absolutely awesome. So I digress. We are here to talk about the top 10 and I put together my own top 10 in accordance to what our ACMG Facebook group put together in their top 10. So we're going to talk about both of those top 10s and Mine in particular are based on what I felt was the most significant and important movies, as well as entertaining, uh, in movies of the bunch. Now, that's not to say that all of the movies weren't good. All, honestly, all, in my opinion, all of the movies were fantastic. Uh, 
If you put them all together, 22 of the best movies combined that you could put together that are episodic and, and, and you know into a saga. You know, and this is just my opinion on that. And I just want to say, this is just my opinion. This is the way I see it. This is the way it goes. It doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that that's what I feel. Just same way with our ACMG Facebook group. But I think one of the problems that we do have is that we tend to, I, I feel like people tend to want to believe that they that people have to gravitate to what they feel and think. And if they don't, that they become isolated or hurt or feeling hurt. And we need to get out of that mindset. So if you agree, like say, if I like the Tim Story version of the Fantastic Four, that's me. I felt that it was good, despite the fact of the Galactus thing, which everybody seems to only focus on. They don't focus on the other things. The other things that like other than it, the movie was just very, both movies were very entertaining. If that's me. I, you got to respect that the same way I got to respect what you don't like, you know, I, just because you don't like the things that I like doesn't mean that you're not my friend. You're not my compadre. You're not, you know, we, we, we're going to, we're going to have disagreements, but we got to have respect. That's more important. So I just want to point out, this is my version and I'll give you ACMG's version as well. So let's get down to it. And this was hard because like I said, honestly, there is no bad movie. In this, in this deal. None at all. So I had to just dumb it down <laughs> to as much as I can to give it its significance. Thor Ragnarok goes my, with my number 10. And I give Thor Ragnarok number 10 only because this was the best of the bunch as far as Thor movies. Uh, I liked the first two Thor movies, but they were very close to the actual comic book, which I'm not a fan of the, com- the Thor comics. Because like as I told you guys in the Endgame review with Joe Rinaldi, Thor bored me. Thor always bored the hell out of me. And thanks to Chris Helmsworth, over the years, he managed to become a more humanized version. And what I love about that, too, is that because he's assimilated into the Avengers, who are Earthlings, and they all have their own personalities. They're Americans at that. And they all have their own personalities. And he's actually assimilated into that ideology and mindset. So he's acting just as goofy as the rest of them. He's not too dramatic. He's not too thespian like his 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 portrayal and his uh you know Thor. He's not always like mightier than thou, you know stuff like that. He still has the voice of a god, but he doesn't act like it. So he he's he became more down to earth. And Thor Ragnarok really really knocked it home with that. And not only that, it kind of really it was the last movie to really shotgun us to. Infinity War. So, I mean, it was a lot of important things going on in that movie as well, but it also had really two stories in one. There was, uh, what was it? What was the Hawk uh, saga in the comic books? Um, it was World Hawk. I forgot. I, it's been so long, so people are going to kill me for this. But, you know, it, it got to the point of, you know, Thor working with Hawk. So we got to see Hawk in a movie. So technically, it was half Hawk's movie. And um, people are going to really kill me when I figure out that uh, that saga, that a hawk one where he got boosted off to space by the Illuminati and stuff like that. Um, but it was a little bit of that. They paid homage to that. And that's what I was talking about earlier about why this was so successful in accordance to what like the Smurfs was or 
or Super Mario Brothers was because they still gave us a little bit of fanfare even with the Hulk. You got um, you got to see Hulk do his thing in there. So that Thor Ragnarok was definitely a great movie for me. And plus, we got to see Doctor Strings as well. So it was a lot of you know interchangeable elements in there and a lot of fanfare in there. So I, that's my deal with uh, Thor Ragnarok there. Uh, number nine, Guardians of the Galaxy. The movie that when people first heard about, they were like, really? This is a really ambitious version of, of all of all comic books in the Marvel Universe, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Y'all going to come out with that? Yeah, I, I this I got to see. And it wasn't, people weren't negative about the announcement that they were doing Guardians of the Galaxy. I think they were more interested because they've done so well so far. And now we got this is coming out and it was like what are they going to do this how are you going to do this rocket the raccoon rocket raccoon is going to be in this this is going to be say Groot is going to be in this i gotta see this and thanks to james gunn it became one of the favorites one of the favorites among many people as far as the marvel cinematic universe is concerned and great cast of people it, it really worked well but you know it just that the cast in there, everybody involved, it just worked out. Chris Pratt surprised everybody. You know, a lot of people recognized him from Parks and Rec, and when he was in Parks and Rec, he was like a, you know, he wasn't really like obese, but he was like a heavy set dude, and he took on his role and he, the discipline that he does, he bulked up, got swole as hell. And he's one of those actors that has really great discipline of being able to control his weight. And when it like Chris, um, pretty much like Christian Bell did in Batman and in all the other movies that he was in, he was able to get bulked up and and then he got really fat when he played uh, Dick Cheney. And then he got really skinny when he played the crackhead in that other movie. So, yeah, it's kind of like that. Chris Pratt is really good at doing that. And if you saw Infinity Wars, he gained, he purposely gained a little bit more weight to get a chin it's hilarious what he does with these roles but he proved more than enough that he can be a household name and that movie helped him in the same way almost in the same way that uh chris um harrison ford was helped in star wars and how hugh jackman was helped in playing wolverine he got that kind of a nod to that in his portrayal there so uh plus and not only that the music the soundtrack they managed to revitalize a lot of old school songs and bring them out into this generation and make them beloved with a whole new generation of fans. And it was just really well played. And volume two as well. It was an, uh, also, you know, with their soundtrack in there as well. So number eight, Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, again, my this is my list. And here's why. Here's why I'm going to say why I added that on. If you watched that movie recently, and I know a lot of you did because you were a lot of you were binging on the movies. God bless you all for doing that. Um, that's overkill. And what the hell are you doing with your life at this point? I know I do some things, but I space myself out. <laughs> There's no way I'm watching all of those movies in one day. Um, and you can't because it's like 22 hour, 22 movies. And then it's like some of them are two to three hours. So it's no way in hell you're watching all that in one day. But. Age of Ultron was actually a very important movie. Much to people, whether people felt that that was one of their favorites or their tops or whether or not, if you really look at that movie, that movie was very important because it really was a pre, it was a prelude 
to a lot of other things going on in the Marvel Universe. Um, the Infinity, the Infinity Wars, Civil War, Black Panther, and there was another one, uh, Ragnarok. It all centered around Age of Ultron. If you watch Age of Ultron again, that's where Thor got his, you know, his vision. Uh, from Hemnal, uh, that you know he had to go and figure out what the hell was going on, which led him to leave there. Then you also had Hawk, who also left out too, and somehow ended up in that universe as well. That same planet, Planet Hawk. That's what it was. Ha! Ah, I knew I was going to get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it you know Hawk basically ended up in the universe that where where the Grandmaster was at as well, along with Thor. So that ended up being a thing there and then you had civil war kind of prelude because tony and uh steve had their first debate about the situations of how to handle it they went to africa which was related to wakanda uh which was going to lead off to civil war from there as well so i mean it was just so, so many connections there so many things that were going on and you also had the appearance of claw ulysses claw again which kind of just took off from black panther right there so I still wish they never killed him off. He's so good at that, uh, as that character. But I, Avengers Age of Ultron, to me, was absolutely, absolutely the big deal. So that is my number eight. Number seven is actually the Avengers, or I don't, for some reason they call it this, Avengers Assemble. Um, the original Avengers movie, the first one that came out, was the, what I, everybody thought was going to be the end. Everybody thought that was the end game right there. And no, we were far from it. <laughs> we were far from it you know because they could have just left off of there and we would have still been like this was one of the best things ever and like i said i guess i spoke before leading up to the avengers when we figured out that the avengers was coming we had to they they could not have the incredible hawk could not have been wrong thor could not have went wrong captain america could not have went wrong iron man 2 could not have went wrong any one of those movies that fell flat overall the leading up to the avengers would not have made it the the money that it made it would not have been as popular and people wouldn't have been as excited for in game right now but the fact of the matter is it is so when people try to deny that and try to say that these movies were crap because you know there's always going to be some contrarian out there please learn that word because there are a lot of people who match that word there are going to be a lot of contrarians out there who are going to try to you know go the opposite way of the grain of the popularity of things and just try to say like well this wasn't that good even though the majority of people do like it and at one point that person probably liked it as well but they don't want to agree with it for whatever reason that they have so that the Avengers was a very important movie it was very very important and needed to be successful it it was this it was supposed to be the payoff that everybody thought it was and then again the end credits at the end and i, I also absolutely remember being in a theater where i sat in the theater and when i saw thanos for the first time and i'm probably was the i was the only person in there that literally screamed out holy shit they're gonna do this <laughs> I, I don't think a lot of people at the time understood what that meant but i knew immediately the thought this uh the sight of thanos or thanos i was like holy shit they're gonna do it they're gonna try to do this 
I could have been more excited. I was like, they're going to do the Infinity Gauntlet. This is a big risk. It's a huge risk. So I this movie was more than a success, and it left us wanting so much more. We got so much more of that. But none of that would not have happened if not for our next list item in uh, movie number six, Iron Man. The most important movie, and yeah, you would probably think this movie should be the number one, but we're talking about just the best in like just significance and importance and quality. It's in the list, but I had to make this number six because there's just there if if honestly, again, if this only led up to the Avengers, this probably would have made it number one. But it is in the top ten. It, unfortunately it is number six, but the other ones make a lot of sense as to why they're there but iron man is my number six and the reason for that is basically it has to be in the top 10 it has to be in the top 10 it was the movie that if this movie bombed we would not have seen any of this and john Favreau, and all his glory and wisdom and talent and genius took this on got robert downey jr who people i people don't remember robert downey jr had so many demons that he was fighting back then. And you talk about a uh, uh, change your life story. You're talking about a person who had a really bad drug habit, who had to go to rehab many times um, before Charlie Sheen was like drinking tiger blood or whatever like that and winning. Robert Downey Jr. was the dude. And he turned his life around so much. And this Iron Man movie was his big comeback. His major, major comeback. John Favreau gave him the opportunity to prove himself again. Ten years later, eleven years later, we get to see this man do what he did for ten years, eleven years, and you know, recover and redeem himself. You talk about forgiveness. You talk about people who are forgiving people for doing bad things and having demons and doing you know wrong in the world. And forgiving people. Look at that. Robert Downey Jr., people. He's the most beloved actor of all time right now. What he's done for the Marvel Universe, what he's done for Disney, what he's done for Stan Lee, what he's done for us. He's become a role model. He's come back from the trenches. People, you can forgive because we forgave him. So think about that when we talk about other people who we try to damn out. And is not looking for forgiveness at that. You know, there are people who who damn their lives and do things wrong and have demons. But eventually, sometimes there are some people who want to change and want to get through life. And they want to be they want to redeem themselves. If he's not the biggest proof of this, because what he did with Iron Man, uh, with John Favreau and everybody involved, um, man, this just changed everything. And funny thing, too, because Iron Man was not like. You would think that they would keep with Spider-Man, but they Iron Man was the guy that they took, and you did that was a big gamble too. Iron Man was not like the before that movie. Iron Man was not one of the biggest fa- fan favorite characters in the comic book universe by far. He was he was a side dude that they put into the forefront. He became a much bigger deal thanks to uh, John Favreau and 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 Robert Downey Jr. by far. So. If that movie didn't uh, didn't work and they they invested a lot of like not as much money as they did with the movie 
as they wanted to, but it was a gamble. If that movie bombed, none of this would have happened. None of this. And there's also a case that if Blade didn't wasn't successful, nobody would make any attempts to do what they did. Period. So, but that's all another story right there. Uh, so Iron Man respectfully gets number six, but I had to nod it, and this is my opinion, because number five in my list is Black Panther. And why is that a big deal? You're talking to an African-American here, so you got you to understand. I mentioned Blade. Blade is actually more important than Black Panther, and if that was a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that film would have been in the top ten. But Blade actually, while Blade helped start kickstart all of this, like not just the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what Sony's done, with you know, everybody else has done it with the use of Marvel. Um, Fox. There would not be any X-Men from Fox. There would not be any Spider-Man from Sony if Blade starring Wesley Snipes did not become successful and make the box office amount of money in sequels that it did. Put it out there right now. There's no, there's nothing you could say that'll change that truth. But this, why this was so successful and significant was because this was done by Ryan Coogler, who's who's African American. This was done by a whole entire black cast. This was a cast of color. Majority cast of color was a part of this movie. And it was successful. And it was one of the first times that we had to see a movie of this magnitude brought to us and just appreciated and loved by many. Not just by us, by many. So much to the point that you got kids of all kinds of colors wanting to dress up like Black Panther. You had people around the world dressing up in African kente cloth to go see a movie. What this has done for the world is help create change. And again, I a lot of credit should be given to Wesley Snipe and New Line Cinema and the, and the crew who put Blade on too, but um, Black Panther in this stage, in this era of life, the importance of this film, it was so important that this film was successful, and it was, and uh, the money that it made, it's one of the, I think it's, don't quote me, it was one of, the, I'm just saying it's one of the films that made a billion and uh, within the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, and um, they, it is also, they were Oscar nominated as well, so I mean, it, and uh, Screen Actor Guild, it was nominated for a ton of awards, whether people felt that they, it was deserving or not, that's a whole other thing, so, but it was beautiful. It was a very beautiful movie. It was a movie that we needed for a long time. And it was there. The impact of that movie really gave hope. And I, I, some people just don't understand it. I don't understand why they, or they refuse to understand it. But that movie was about hope for a whole entire culture. And that's why I, that one's my number five. Number four, it's no way in hell. We couldn't have Black Panther unless he was premiered on this movie, and that was Captain America Civil War. This, honestly, was one of my all-time favorites of the bunch for a lot of reasons, because this there's such a significance to this movie. One, Black Panther was in there for the first time. We got the introduction to him. But two, it was based on one of my favorite sagas and Marvel comics. And Infinity, uh, I'm sorry, not Infinity, uh, going like, that was my other one. But Civil War was such a great book it was such a great book uh illustrated by david marquez who is now in dc comics <laughs> that is a big loss for marvel i tell you man that is a huge loss for marvel um so you know 
I think that was a big part of the reason why that. Well, the, the writing too was awesome, but added to the added on top of that that David Marquez, who I think his art style is flawless, was in there. Uh, is in there. I love his work. I hope someday to get a chance to meet him. Like I got a chance to meet Scotty Young. Um, that was just absolutely awesome. I loved it. But it was based on that their own their own loosely based version of that. But also. It gave us what many of our fans wanted for a long time, and that was Spider-Man coming home. And that only happened because of the Sony uh, controversy with the email leak that happened with the uh, CEO or president or whatever like that. And which I love it because that was a great I love it because Marvel Studios came right in and took leverage of that. It was like you want to you want to be good in the eyes of of your fans and all your customers and consumers give us spider-man that's how important comic book movies have become these days so important that disney decided to buy fox <laughs> so i mean it that's you got to think about that as far as the value of what like westerns western movies that never did this sci-fi movies never did this um you know horror movies never did this to this magnitude comic book movies make moves and this in the world in america so you know the value of that it says a hell of a lot i mean we look back at this like maybe 10 15 years from now and look how much of an impact these movies and this this genre of movies has done for hollywood is amazing but we got spider-man for the first time we got to see tom holland who in many's opinion is absolutely the best peter parker possibly the best spider-man of them all you know we had a few spider-mans come along the way tom holland has really killed it in this role from the minute that we got to see him for the first time and how he gelled with Tony Stark it's been an awesome awesome relationship I really am looking forward to seeing Far From Home but I'm really afraid that it's maybe the last time we see him in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe and it's a shame uh, if that's the case but we got to see him we also got to it also showed that when in the hands of Marvel Studios it can it can never go wrong, and they made Sony look like crap. <laughs> this was pre Enter the Spider Verse, which really saved uh, Sony Sony's ass right there because it wasn't damn Venom. It's not going to be any of those other movies coming up, but that it really showed like in the hands of Marvel Studios, we can make magic with your own with your own licensed product, and they did. So this led to Homecoming, and this led to Far From Home, which is coming out, and. You know, Sony is is not really sweating because they're getting all the uh, box office proceeds from those movies. So that's they they're they're getting a good deal out of this, which is why I'm hoping that they still continue this deal. So uh, you have that situation. So and they they just put it together, and it's for the first time we got to see a really huge battle between good guy versus good guy, and they did for fit for like 16 minutes 52 seconds, I believe. We got to see one of two of or three great battles in the marvel cinematic universe by by far uh it was just absolutely fantastic the i i remember every single scene from that everybody got their shine this was the russos really killing it right here you got to remember the russo brothers are the directors behind community which is one of the best comedies ever that ever come out <laughs> and it's it's really cool to see that these guys were are you know multi-talented in different genres of uh filming and directing so this was really awesome number three we talk about the russo brothers 
and how powerful they are. As much as I love Civil War, and this is a really debate, I love Civil War. I really, really love Civil War. But we cannot forget how important this other movie, their first movie that they directed, was. And that was Captain America, The Winter Soldier. This movie was so freaking important. And it, it changed the landscape of everything. It changed the landscape of S.H.I.E.L.D., of the way everything, just it really, it expanded from not only the movies, but the TV show, because everything that happened in the movie affected Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, and it helped Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., like literally, the minute that Winter Soldier came out, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. just became a much better show because their tie-in with the Winter Soldier and the S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield situation, because S.H.I.E.L.D. was disbanded because Hydra really was compromised, were, were pretty much compromised, you know, shield for years. I also like the fact that Endgame followed up on that majorly. I love that they followed up on that. It was a major deal. And uh, not only that, what made that movie even more important, in my opinion, Robert Refford. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. When I found out that that man was in this movie, I was like, wow, this is how important comic book movies have become in this day and age. I'm telling you, if you guys, all of you, the, all the younger listeners out there, if you guys were around during the 90s and the 80s when comic book movies were coming out, and you know these were comic book movies with not as much budget, not as much investment, and not the t- not the evolved technology that we are able to do today to make what we're what they're making today. We they didn't have that technology back then. They didn't. James Cameron came out with Battle Angel Alita this year because, and that movie should have come out like almost damn near 20 years ago. He didn't want to do it because he knew that down the line we would have the technology to create this movie. And now we do. And now it's made and that's a really good movie. As a result, I love that movie. Um, but he knew, he, he was a futurist in some cases, like Tony. He knew that, it, it you know, the type of movie that he wanted to make it wouldn't be made during the 90s, uh, especially when because he saw some of the movies that were made and was like, no, I, I can't do it. It's not the right time. But, you know, we had the original Captain America from back in the 90s, which really. If you cut off the like the first the the other hour and maybe 15 minutes of it. The movie is actually pretty good. But after you if you bring it all in, it sucks because they went a total different way. Um you know, if you look at some of the movies that we had back then, some actors like Angela Bassett, Robert Redford, Robert Downey Jr., uh, anybody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is a Oscar-winning actor or actress in the 80s, if they say that they wanted, to, uh, wanted you to do a comic book movie, they would decline it so quickly because in their minds, they're trying to become a serious actor or actress. And being a part of a comic book movie with, you know, most of them would have thought that it would have ruined them. It would have ruined their career being a part of this. And people wouldn't take them, Hollywood wouldn't take them seriously when it comes to doing more pivotal roles and in serious roles. And when it comes to Robert Redford, 80s Robert Redford would not agree to do this movie. But with great writing and great responsibility and great, you know, budget. And, you know, just 
just all around great cast. Robert Reffer was in this movie. And for him to be in this movie, and he does movies like this, like these type of, you know, government, military, espionage type movies um, in his time. This was right up his alley. And he was able to be him in this movie. And it brought a little bit more precedence to the movie, a little bit more serious tone to the movie because he was a part of it. And I'm so happy that he was in Endgame as well. Because his role as Alexander Pierce was so important. And it it, it really brought in, it, it took the the movie, it took, it actually took the actual, the the level of importance of a comic book movie to that much level because of, because it's how good he is in this, in this role and how good he is in this movie. Like I said, like having him in there and other actors are saying that like Robert Ruffer's in a comic book movie. Okay. I'm in because that's how much respect that this man is. He's kind of like the, um, Meryl sheep for men, for men, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's, he's that much important to the, to Hollywood in this case. So, um, winter soldier was just so great, but it changed the landscape. It also, you know, had Bucky come back and um, Sebastian, uh, you know, uh, came back and took over the role as Bucky and became the Winter Soldier. And it, it's um, it was really good. It's such a great movie. Changed the landscape. Changed everything of about you know Shield. So did Civil War. But Winter Soldier, Meryl Streep. By the way, I meant to say not Meryl Sheep. Meryl Streep. Um, but it changed it really did change the landscape of everything that was happening in the marvel cinematic universe right there so it that one was very important number two do i need a crystal ball to predict the obvious here of what i'm gonna pick do you really it's infinity war it was the movie that we waited 10 years for this for all of this to happen Th- uh, thanos finally getting all the gems and him snapping the finger you guys read the infinity gauntlet you knew this was going to happen it was how it was going to happen and how they're going to get back and how it was going to, did we not know? Well, we knew that it was going to be a two-parter for some reason, but we didn't know how they were going to do this and what was going to happen. So the fact that Thanos at the end won, he won. Everybody died. Our favorite heroes died, you know, at the time, Spider-Man, Black Panther, you know, a whole bunch of Groot, uh, Scarlet Witch. A lot of them died, and it was like, what the hell are they going to, how the, how the hell are they, we know they're going to come back. Just how the hell are they going to come back? How are they going to make this film as epic as what they did here? And it was every bit as epic as what you wanted it to be. A lot of that, I give credit to Josh Brolin, because he was such a great antagonist. He made Thanos, even now, even with Endgame, Thanos was just such a great, I told, I was telling, um, Somebody in the ACMG Facebook group, Kevin Baker, shout out to him. We were talking about this because he was—he's a big Thanos fan. He—he was—he's—he's he's Team Thanos, and as he says on there, and I was like, you know, I kind of respect what you're trying to say because if you were to look at it, this whole entire saga, like I said last with the Infinity War Endgame, uh, I'm sorry, with the Endgame review. This superseded anything that Star Wars has done and anybody else, any other franchise has done before it. Many have tried to do what this has done and they have not been successful. With the exception, I give a little bit of a nod to the CW Universe on in, uh, DC's primetime live action uh, shows. They, they've done the same formula. It's doing really well for them. But Josh Brolin, as the perfect antagonist, 
for this. The ultimate antagonist. And we had like 11 years of bad guys from the cinematic universe to the Netflix universe to the ABC universe, which is all connected together. And we had a whole bunch of antagonists there. None of them pales in, pales in comparison to Thanos. And that is Josh Brolin. I mean, you, I can compare Thanos to even, like, gangsters, to even, like, not even just a comic book villain, but just one of the most evil villains of all time. Despite the fact that he, in his own philosophy and ways that he felt that he was doing right for what is right, but what he did to do was wrong, and he had conviction. That conviction was crazy. Josh Brolin made that happen. Josh Brolin made that happen, and without that type of level of antagonist, this movie would not have worked as well. A lot of praise needs to go to him. Like he, somebody said he should have got it. He should have been Oscar nominated for this role. I think he should have. I absolutely think he should have. He, he's our Darth Vader of this era. He is the Darth Vader of this era. And my, I'm gonna make an argument. In my opinion, I think he may have. If you put the two together, even without Infinity Infinity um, Gauntlet, I don't think Vader can hold a candle to Thanos. He's that bad of it. He that badass of a dude, you know. They made him even a bigger badass than he did in the comic books. Because in the comic books, he was so engulfed and in love with death uh, in the original Infinity Gauntlet book that he decided. You know, I love the sto- I love the storyline of Infinity Wars way better of the Infinity Saga way better than I did with the Infinity Gauntlet. Because in the book, he did it because he was in love with death and he wanted to impress her. But he was a little bit. He was a little bit like emo, just a tiny bit emo and towards that. But this one, he had a he had a reason. He had a purpose. He had, you know, there was a a more a a, a more enriching purpose that was better than than him just you know doing it for a girl, for a woman, or for somebody that he loved. He did it because he was trying to maintain balance in the world. That to me is a more enticing storyline. And I mean, this just wouldn't happen. And then to see everybody come together, you know, Thor and uh, Captain America. I mean, no, not Thor and Captain America. Uh, Doctor Strange and and uh, and Iron Man team up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider Man. All of them coming together to know each other for the first time ever. And Black Panther coming together with the rest of the Avengers. I mean, it's just really great to see. Um, and how they had to change it around, too, that was also great, too, because, again, because they don't own the rights to Silver Surfer at the time, because that was a Fox-owned thing, now it's owned by them, it was originally Silver Surfer that kind of, you know, got his ass whooped and ended up in the uh, in the sanctuary, in the sanctum of where Doctor Strange and, and uh, Wong was at and fell through, but they were managed to make it feasible enough to give it to Hawk and let him be the one to go and fall down into the sanctum uh, that Doctor Strange and Wong was at, and him give him let him be the one to give the warning. That alone to me was great because they managed to make, um, I you know uh, chicken into chicken chicken shit and um, to chicken salad if you say because they didn't have Silver Surfer and he was a pivotal role into warning everybody that Thanos is coming uh, for the Infinity Stones and he's gonna get rid of, he's gonna turn everybody into hell. So uh, that right there, you know, without a doubt. Again, the Russos shine big time with that. And I absolutely love what he did. But how were they going to pay that off? And was it going to pay off at the end? Was Endgame going to be able to be the biggest payoff ever? 
And as you, if you heard me last week, I said yes. And right now, that is my number one. Everything that happened for all of the years that that John Favreau put together, that Josh Whedon put together, that every other director put together, Ryan Coogler and the Russos, it all had to get, they had to pass the baton to each other many a times to get to this point. And it had to pay off in such a way that we could say like, it was all worth it. All 11 years of going to the movies, giving them our money multiple times, it was all worth it. Endgame did that. Endgame did that wholeheartedly. I went to go, as you guys know, I went to go see it again this week. And I absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. And again, I think here I am thinking I'm not going to get emotional because I already seen this damn thing. Nope. On your left. The minute that happened, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, I was really... Really, really, like, I couldn't. Uh, good thing I had my glasses on. Good thing it was at nighttime. It was dark in there because no man, there was not one person. And I looked around, too. There was other uh, guys crying, too, um, and, and, uh, and trying to hold it in. You know what's funny? I told a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, actually, about that. And so I, I'm not a psychologist by any stretch, but I do... I, that that moment really it, it really interests me. There are a lot of people who got emotional, and there's a lot of people in our ACMG Facebook group that that also said that they were very emotional during that scene and all, and stuff like that. With everything going on in our world, and you know we've become so bitter, so cynical, so envious, and you know I just just I, it's just become so bad in the last few years emotionally and everything and and, you know it created this type of mentality for each other like that nobody not everybody supporting everybody that everybody's not looking out for everybody and you know it's less social than it ever was before especially in this term this presidential term and I, I always I hate to say it I know people may not like to hear but it all stretches to that situation it all centers around that and it's created such a turmoil in this world that people are what people are willing to do to be noticed and what people are willing to do to be famous or, you know, successful, or whatever like that. All of stems around this whole entire situation. But when you see that moment and you see people and myself included get really emotional when you see Cap is fighting for everybody He's fighting for everybody, and, and so did, and so um, is Thor and, and Iron Man, and it's just them three. And you're like, where is everybody else, and where are you gonna, where, how are they gonna get through this situation? You got this one group of people, these group of evil people, coming after you, and then you got just three of us, and we're trying to create community of our own, and we're trying to make change in the world. And then all of a sudden you hear on your left and followed by a bunch of portals opening and a horde of different an army of different beings of different kinds, cultures or whatever come together. How do you does that not trigger people in a certain way? I think anybody who looks at that and starts getting emotional and maybe shed a few tears. I think those are the same people. I think that triggers people who also want that type of unity. I think it triggers people that 
wants to socialize and want to be part of a community. And they, and then once they leave this movie, they deal with their reality, which is we don't have that type of community. I, I think if we had that type of community, I don't think it would be as emotional as it was. But to see people in the theater get so emotional like that, when you see a bunch of people coming to back up a person in the most darkest hour, that to me, that to me actually says that it, it really, it that's a trigger. That to me is a major trigger. And I don't think people really, I don't think rather people realize that or they actually don't admit that. But it it can't be a coincidence. It's I do believe. I mean, look at the society that we're in now, and look at that movie. That's the way America should be. That's the way we should be as a society. That's the way we should be as a community. And when you see that, and you get really emotional, just the same way. Another example: you watch the end of Black Panther when he goes back to Oakland, and they go to Oakland, and we find out that T'Challa brought all of the community he he brought all of the um the buildings in that community because he's going to change it to help give back to the community to help them grow a lot of people got emotional during that time too that's why that movie gets number five as well and a lot of people in my community got really emotional during that part too because you don't get to see that as often and to have somebody like that support it you know such a thing and to see that type of you, uh, unity at the end of any game that to me it really makes me believe that when people get emotional about that it's the same type of people who want that type of unity themselves who want to create that community and I'm asking that why aren't we making that community why are we so afraid why are we relying on a movie to give us that the movie should only give us an idea of what we really should be. And I think it has. I hope. And maybe it, maybe it will be during 2020 when our own real life Thanos is in, in our end game is coming for that um, particular Thanos. <laughs> you know, maybe I don't know if it's going to take to that, but we got to do it in 2020. We need to make that our end game. And I hate to sound like this is a political uh, situation, but there's something that's creating a negative dissent in our society we need to find a way to get rid of that and we need to all do it together but i digress number one of course is in game and that's the reason why so i want to give you guys the uh list from our acmg facebook group and uh give me a sec i'll have that right here and here it is give me a sec all right so here we go we got our top 10 so let me see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Boom. All right. So our based upon our poll, the poll that I have for the best Marvel Studios um, votes, I just had them do votes, not comments. I just, you know, wanted them. I just wanted to see the votes here and see what they do. But number 10, their number 10 is Iron Man. Number tw- uh, nine, Doctor Strange. That's a surprise. And, you know, I wanted to make Doctor Strange my number nine. I really wanted to make my uh, Doc Strange, I'm not my, not just my number nine, but I wanted to, Doc, here's the thing. All of the movies that weren't picked for my top 10 are honorable mentions. Every one of them. There wasn't a bad movie in a bunch. I will stress that again. There was not a bad movie in a bunch. 
every one of those movies get honorable mention. But Doctor Strange is great because that movie was only made in a year. And it got nominated for, for visual uh, arts and for an Oscar for visual um, design and visual arts. That movie was done in a year. I love that movie. I never liked Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is like one of those characters that's on the same list as Thor. Thor, it's just like one of those books I would never read. But in movie form, Cumberbatch did tremendous. Benedict Cumberbatch was, you couldn't have found a, he was as perfect as Neil, uh, as Patrick Stewart being Xavier, as Hugh Jackman becoming uh, Wolverine. You could not have picked a better guy to, uh, to play Doctor Strange. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thor Ragnarok was their number eight. Avengers was their number seven. Black Panther was number six for them. Captain America Civil War was number five. Guardians of the Galaxy, number four. Captain America the Winter Soldier was their number three, which was like mine. Uh, Infinity War, number two. And of course, overwhelmingly, and I mean, the votes were way, way big for this. Endgame was the number one. Now, as I say this, I do not want to hear one person down the line. I swear to goodness, the first person in the next five years that say anything stupid and try to crap on these movies, you're getting you're getting uh, proverbially snagged, if not for real. <laughs> so, um, Endgame unanimously, without a doubt is everybody's greatest one. You had to. It's the payoff. It, I, again, I call it the biggest payoff ever. You have to give it the payoff. So, if they didn't do... If this if this movie wasn't as great as Infinity Wars, it would have been a bomb. It, all of this would have been for naught. And they did it. And not only that, they made it three hours and still made three hours very entertaining. Take that, Vince McMahon. So... <laughs> wrestling fans know what I'm talking about with that. But that's theirs, picks. And, um... You know, Far From Home is coming. That's technically the, it's the last of the Infinity Saga, but the prelude to the new generation of things to come. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with that. And I again, I hope that's not the last movie that we get to see of Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Tom Holland has done tremendous. I don't like what's about to happen with the Sony version of this universe and what they're doing because they're doing the whole, you know, everybody but Spider-Man movies. <laughs> <laughs> coming up so we will see from there but again this is i've said this many a times i'll say it again this is a great time to be a fan and for 11 years marvel studios thanks to everybody involved especially the directors especially the, the entire cast i'm not just going to make it one or two or whatever i mean the entire cast have made this the most entertaining years even with everything going on in the world the one thing that we were able to count on was a great Marvel Studios movie. So even with everything, turmoil, racism, um, dissension, everything, just, you know, pol politics, everything going wrong, you can always count on Marvel Studios. You could always count on it. And thank you to the one and only Stan Lee, Steve Dicko, and Jack Kirby. Help. Tom Lee Comics, uh, everybody involved. Jim Stalin, who was actually in the damn movie, uh, in, in the um, scene. Jim Stalin, the artist for um, Infinity Gauntlet, was in the actual um, group therapy scene, the uh, support group scene. He was in there. Um, Arthur Adams, everybody involved in bringing this together from the comic book universe to now. Thank you guys so very much for this. This has been awesome. 
we're, I'm looking forward to seeing what the new generation of Marvel Studios movies. And if, if hell, if that bombs, I said it before, if that if that just happened to bombs for some reason, it won't take away what they've given us with the Infinity Saga. So thank you guys for that. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Uh, just a note, next week is Mother's Day weekend, so I will not be doing a show next week in honor of all moms, including my late mother of course. So I'm going to be taking a break from that. And, um, I was detective Pikachu comes out that week, but I'm going to review that next week or maybe even earlier in the week. Maybe, uh, whether I'm going to do a select start podcast this week, that's here or there. It depends on how the week goes, but I did get a chance to play Coda princess. I'm still actually, honestly, I'm still playing a hell out of um, mortal Kombat right now. Damn them and all their secrets. God is playing nonstop for God knows how long with this game. So, um, yeah, so I'm still playing that heavy, but honestly, I got a chance to play Code of Princess. I've been waiting to play that game for quite some time because it's reminiscent of a, another classic game that I used to play and love. So I'll be talking about that when we come back. Maybe this week, if not this week, the next week. So, But again, you have plenty of content to check out on Talk Time Live. You can check out all of our past episodes there. You can check out all of our exclusives on our exclusives page with all of our guests that we've had, um, you know, from Molly Flanagan, my good friend, uh, who's the voice of Naruto, Amanda C. Miller, who's the voice of Baruto, Tom Gibbous, who's the voice of Shikamaru, um, game designers, Megaran is in there, um, my goodness, Ruben Langdon, uh, the voice of Dante, and Devil May Cry and Kim Masters, Kyle Haber, you got everybody on here. If you need something to listen to that of your favorite people, of your favorite fandoms, um, or if you, if and, and honestly, if you are a person who are looking to become a actor, a game designer, a artist, a comic book artist. We got Yale Stewart from JL8 on uh, that I interviewed as well. Um, we got plenty of people that you can be inspired by to listen to, to get an idea of what you need to do, how you want to do it, and things that go that they go through to become what they want to do on a show. All in our exclusives page. Now, granted, I do got to update it as well and add all the newest people that I have on there recently. But... Uh, you know, Yacht Club Games I just had on as well, who um, who does Shovel Knight. Uh, I had them on here as well. They were really great. You know, Yeo is a written one in the Talk Time Live. So I got plenty of content for you to check out in the meantime. So definitely check us out on TalkTimeLive.com and TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusives just to easily find our exclusives content as well. And, um, you know, check us out. And there are going to be more guests coming, guarantee it. There's um, people in the works that will be coming down the line. Uh, I love doing the show. I love uh, all of you who take the time to listen to this show and just trying to create community and trying to uh, create more fun and entertaining for all of us. And just to keep, you know, letting people know that you can do it. You can really do it. And having these people on just reassures you that you could do it. Um, especially after you hear their stories as well. So go in and out and check it out there. You can also go on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podbean, uh, missing anything, YouTube, on my YouTube page at Dax J. Martin Chiefs. I'm going to probably change the name to format this show better. So uh, stay tuned for that as, as well. And uh, just, you know, keep us going and keep us growing always. And you can also follow me on IG, aka, uh, AKA Instagram, at Dex Xavier Josiah as well, if you want to follow up on everything there. Check out our 
ACMG Talk Time Live uh, Facebook page as well. So, you know, there's no shortage of places. And if you want to join us and keep the community growing in our ACMG Facebook group, check us out on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1 as well. Great group of people on there. They're my all day, every day. And the, my primary place, I have my own, you know, you know, my own account, but I'm primarily on ACMG at all times. So, you know, just, you know, keep it up there. If you want to really create a community and create that unity that you saw on a symbol really like that, you got to reach out. You got to become more social. So do it on all those assets on all those, um, you know, formats there. So folks, that'll do it on behalf of myself. This is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life and love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG presents talk time live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week, people. <laughs>